Well, happy Father's Day. Good to uh, have you with us again. Just a reminder to find a church and be in a church, be serving the Lord in the church. I want to talk to you today about uh, what it means to be a faithful father. I'm in Hebrews 11, verse 7, and I'll talk to you about a man who was I, what I consider to be a man who was the most out of touch, a man to ever live, just completely out of touch. You know somebody like that? Seems so strange, so different. They're just not in touch with anything that's going on in the world. I'm going to take you to a fellow, fellow like that and uh, talk to you about him today. Again, let me just encourage you to uh, find a church if you're not in a church. If you are in a church, make it the best church that uh, you can make it and be a blessing to the church that you're in. If you need a church, come out and give us a visit. We'd love to have you. Hebrews 11 verse 7 goes like this. It says, By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. This man was so out of touch, so out of touch. Off up on this hillside, if you can kind of put it in your mind, building this ark, and it was not even near any kind of an ocean or any great body of water, just building this ark. And I'm sure people thought he was so strange. But I want to talk to you about Noah and what it means to be a faithful father. First of all, I want you to see that Noah was a listening father. He was listening. Now let me talk to you a little bit about how Noah began to hear from God. How did Noah hear God tell him uh, that he needed to be preparing this ark? Now, it wasn't by some audible voice that God came down and spoke to him or wrote him a letter or something along those lines, but he heard God by faith. Now, let's go back a little bit. Noah's father was a man by the name of Lamech. Lamech. Now, this, this is interesting. Lamech lived 56 years with Adam. So Noah's dad lived 56 years while Adam was living, and then Adam died, and of course Eve died. But Noah's dad lived with Adam. So certainly Noah's dad Lamech certainly told uh, Noah all about Adam and creation and everything that was there. I'm sure, I'm sure Noah had a chance to hear that. Noah's grandfather was a man by the name of Methuselah, Methuselah, and you've probably heard of that, the man who lived longer than any, than any other time. He lived 969 years. The year that Methuselah died is the year the flood came. And Methuselah's father, a guy by the name of Enoch, named his son Methuselah, saying, when this one dies, it will come. It will come. What will come? Well, the flood will come. Now let's talk for you just a minute about uh, Noah's gra great-grandfather, Enoch. Now, Enoch was, a, was the first really true preacher in all of God's Word. There wasn't a preacher before him. He preached righteousness and judgment. He saw in his mind, in his spirit, in his heart, he saw a coming judgment that was coming upon the world that had rejected God. He saw that and he preached it. And he walks closely with God and he preached righteousness and judgment and that God was going to come and judge and you better get your hearts right. He was the first great preacher to live on the face of the earth. This is the heritage by, of, that, of which Noah had. Now, Noah grew up listening to his great-grandfather Enoch preach. He listened to his dad talk about 
the great things of God. He listened to his grandfather, Methuselah. He heard about this. And, by, and as he listened to these sermons and these messages and the voices of his family, he began to believe and hear and trust God and believe that God was indeed going to bring a judgment. Now, you can be sure there were all kinds of voices in Noah's day, just like there's all kinds of voices in our day. There's voices of our friends, and our friends are telling us that we need to eat, drink, and be merry, go out and enjoy the day, and have the best time we can, and don't worry about tomorrow, and live it up. That's kind of what we call hedonism today. It's just fulfilling your own desires and not thinking about anything about the future, about trying to serve God. Just do whatever you want. We live in that, we live in that kind of a society today. We live in what, what I call a just-do-it society today. If it feels good, do it was the, the, the motto a few years back today. It's just do it. So whatever you want to do, just go out and do it. And I'm sure Noah's friends were telling him those things. I'm sure the world was telling him something else. The world in Noah's day was telling Noah what the world tells us today. Take, gain, accomplish, build, get all that you can in life. Obtain all that you can in life. But there was another voice speaking to Noah, and it was the voice of God. And God had Noah's ear, and Noah was listening to God, a God that was telling him that judgment was coming upon the earth, and people better get their hearts right or they would perish. And you know that Noah also preached too, and we'll look at that in just a few minutes. First of all, he was a listening father. I wish today our fathers would listen. Not listen to the voices of their friends or the world and all the craziness that's going on, but listen to what God has to say to them about how, how God wants them and God wants you to live your life to glorify Him. Be listening to God. How do you? Open your Bible up. Spend some time reading God's Word. Spend some time in prayer. Ask God to show you your heart, to reveal your heart to you. Listen to people that you know that are godly people that are sharing the message of Jesus Christ. Be a listening father and you'll be on your way to bringing salvation to your home as Noah did to his family as well. Okay, secondly, not only was he a listening father, he was also, he was also a, a revering father. He served God with great reverence. The Bible calls this fear. and Sometimes I like to use a different word because when we talk about fear, we think about being scared and watching some horror movie and hiding under the bed or something. But that's not what this means. To fear God is to revere God, to honor God, to respect God. So Noah worked building this ark with great reverence to God. What's that mean? Well, it means that he lived his life serving God with a sinless heart, a sinless heart. You see, I believe that Noah went out and he built that ark day after day after day for, gosh, over 100 years with great joy in his heart, with great thankfulness that God had warned him and God had spoken to him. I believe he was full of joy. I believe he whistled while he worked. I believe he went out and cut those trees and put that ark together day after day and year after year, loving and serving and worshiping God. He was a man, the Bible says, who was blameless in his time. You see, if Noah went out every day reluctant, aggravated, frustrated with this great dawning task before him, I don't think that he would have, he would have been able to say that he was a blameless. God loved Noah. Noah loved God and he was blameless. And he went out and he worked with reverence uh, to the Lord. Now, I've got some kids and my kids are getting older now and they've come a long way. I can remember back a few years back when I would ask my kids to do something, maybe mow the lawn or clean the house. 
And uh, they would do it because they wouldn't have a choice. They knew if they didn't do it, they'd be in trouble, right? They'd be grounded or whatever, whatever I might do. And so they would do it, but they would do it mumbling and grumbling. And they would do it. And now you could see them on the corner somewhere, just giving me down, <laughs> just giving me down the road, how much I was so mean and da, 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 and on and on and on. Uh, but today, uh, today, uh, before I was able to, had the chance to speak to you, I had one of my, one of the same boys who's now, uh, who's now almost 18, said, Dad, is there something I can do for you outside in the yard today? And I said, you know, there are some things you can do if you'd like to do it. And he, and he comes with a different kind of attitude, not an immature attitude of reluctance and bitterness and frustration, but one of love and joy and wanting to serve. That's the way Noah was. He had a reverence for God. When you live your life sinless, trying your best to please God, then you're honoring God, you're respecting God, you're living in reverence. But if you're hiding sin away in your heart, you're not doing it. You're living with a rebellious kind of heart. You see, you can, be, you can, do all, you can come to church, you can, you can uh, listen to messages and still keep secret sins in your life and be living a life of rebellion to God. And God knows that. Live for God, live for God with a spirit of thankfulness and gratitude and joy and put sin out of your life. Thirdly, he not only had a listening heart, he, not, he also had a revering heart. He also had a, he also had a working spirit, a working heart. Now, uh, what is this? What was this ark? Well, the ark was just a giant lifeboat three football fields long and a football in a field or two football fields wide. It was just a floating, giant, floating lifeboat. And that's all it was designed to do. And he worked and he worked and he worked. And he led his family. This verse says that Noah was the instrument of salvation. He prepared an ark for the salvation of his household. Now, I'm going to talk to my fathers for just a minute. God wants to use you to reach your family, your household. Your, your wife or your parents even, or especially your children. Now listen to this statistic. I could give you all kinds of statistics. But a mother who first comes to Jesus Christ, those who would, her family that would follow her will do it 17% of the time. Now listen to that just a minute. A mom who, who gives her heart to Jesus Christ and starts coming to church, her family will come with her 17% of the time. But a dad who's never been in church but gives his life to Christ and he starts coming to church, his family will come with him, listen to this, 93% of the time. What does that tell us? That tells us that dads have a tremendous impact on their families. It tells us that fathers are the spiritual leaders and that young boys and young girls look up to dad and they will follow dad in this spiritual path. And the opposite is true too. If they're not in church, if they're not in church, I tell you, if dad doesn't go to church, there's a 2% chance, a 2% chance that, 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 that his daughter or his son will find church. And what's so important about church? Well, church is where you hear about Christ. You learn about Jesus and, and you give your heart to him. You can do it other places, but church is where Jesus is preached and Jesus is proclaimed. He was a working dad, not just working on this ark, but working to bring salvation to his family. Now I want to tell you this parable, if I can. Listen to this parable. It's about two men that go on a vacation. All right, then they're going to the beach and they're taking their families. Both these two men have three children each and they go to the beach. <coughs> when they get there, 
They arrive at the beach. They see that everyone there is building sandcastles. All the dads are out there building sandcastles. And there's some simple sandcastles and there's some elaborate sandcastles. There's some that are detailed and intricate. And you can tell that lots of time has, has been spent on it. So the first dad sees these sandcastles and he's determined that he wants to build himself the most intricate, elaborate, detailed, biggest, grandest sandcastle that he can. And so he works meticulously, works with great detail. His kids come up and want to help him. And he says, you are not going to come stomping around my sandcastle and knock this over and that over and do this or that. And so he says, no, you guys go out and play in the water. I'm going to work on this sand. And every day he's there, he's working on the sandcastle. And people begin to see what he's doing. And people began to look at his great sandcastle. They begin to tell him what a great architect that he is of sandcastles. How marvelous his sandcastle looks. He has great pride in what he's doing. As everybody comes and gathers around and pe people are taking pictures of his great sandcastle. Now here's the second man. The second man also comes on vacation. He's here. He also wants to build a sandcastle. And so he gets his family together and he gets his kids together and he gets his stuff together and they all start building a sandcastle. And his kids are trying, are trying to help him, and he's building a sandcastle. And guess what? It's not quite the sandcastle. That, it doesn't even come close to this other man's sandcastle because the kids are stumbling around. And they're not really, uh, they're sometimes they might be doing more harm than they are good. That doesn't matter to him. He wants to spend time with his children building this sandcastle. He takes a break. He goes swimming with the kids. He comes back. He works on his sandcastle. A little later, they go shopping together. He comes back. He works on his sandcastle. A little later, he goes fishing. And... And his sandcastle is just a very simple sandcastle. Finally, at last, their vacation ends. Their vacation ends. The first man, he leaves this elaborate, detailed, beautiful sandcastle. And the second man has this very simple sandcastle that he's worked on uh, with his family. And uh, they, they both leave. The day that they leave, a great tidal wave comes in. It just washes in. It covers the whole beach, washes in and washes out. And every sandcastle that was built on the beach is just leveled. And there's nothing there. It's just this flat sand that we're used to seeing. There it is. And the men are gone and the sandcastles are over. That's the parable. Now, what's it mean? Well, I'm going to give you the interpretation of this sandcastle, the story of this sandcastle. First of all, these sandcastles are what we accomplish in the world, what we accomplish in the world. And some people are determined to build elaborate things in the world for themselves, big houses, lots of cars, big jobs, great bank accounts, and they don't really have time for their children to really spend time with their children. Other people, the man with the simple sandcastle, he was not going to come on his vacation and spend it involved in himself. You see, the vacation represents our life. And the second man was determined that while he was in life, he was going to make his family a part of his life. And he was going to spend time with his family. This tidal wave that comes represents the end of life, and it comes to all of us. And it just ends everything that we might have done in the world. It's, it's all over. Now listen to me. What kind of sandcastle or what kind of father are you? Are you so wrapped up in the world that you're building detailed, intricate majestic things and everybody's bragging on how big your house is and how many cars you have and how much stuff you've got and how great you've become? Or are you the type of, are you the type of man that would rather spend time with his children at the expense of maybe some other things? That's the way Noah was. Now listen to me. 
In life, it's not what you invest in that matters, but it's who you invest in. And if you can hear that, if you can figure that difference out as a father, it's so important. It's not what you invest in, but who you invest in. This world's passing. The whole world's passing. We need to be pouring time into our kids, making sure that they know Jesus Christ, that they're saved, and that they know that we love them, and they love us, and they'll, be, and they'll begin to love the God that we love. Now, let me keep going. I'm almost finished. Fourthly, I want you to see the witness, the faithful witness of Noah. The faithful witness of Noah. Do you know that Noah was also a preacher? He also preached like his uh, great-grandfather Enoch preached like his dad Lamech, and I'm sure Methuselah preached some too. He was a preacher. He preached for over a hundred years, warning people of the judgment that was coming, of the flood that was coming, telling them there was a way to be saved. And it was, the end, it was to enter this massive ark that he was building. You couldn't miss it, this massive ark. Everyone knew that what that ark was for. He wasn't building that ark up there without anybody knowing. Everybody's scratching their heads for a hundred years thinking, what, this, what is this ark for? Everyone knew it was for a flood that Noah said was coming. They just didn't believe it. They didn't believe it. We are to be like Noah. We are to be preaching the, the, the salvation that is in Jesus Christ because there's a judgment coming. There's a judgment coming. Our life will end. Christ will return and take us home or we'll live our lives and whenever God calls us, we're going to die and we're going to go. And the Bible says that it's appointed man wants to die and after that, the judgment. And we're going to face the judgment of God. And we believe that there's a place called hell and there's a place called heaven. But there's a way to, get, there's a way to reach heaven and not be in hell. And that is through God's salvation that's in His Son, Jesus Christ. God has provided for us a way of salvation, just like he did in Noah's day with this ark. Jesus Christ is our ark. And when you are in Christ, you are safe from the flood of judgment that comes on those who do not know Jesus. Listen, Noah was a great witness. We need to be sharing our faith to people around us. I'm sure Noah was sharing, sharing his, his, his word, the message to his wood suppliers and his people that worked on the pitch and the tar that he put on the ark and and his family and friends and at the marketplace. I'm sure everywhere he went, he was sharing the greatness of God and the salvation that God was offering. And we need to be sharing that same thing. Finally, now listen, I want to, I want to show you the faithfulness, this time not of Noah, but the faithfulness of God. Now look what it says. You want to read this last of this one more time. He prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. He became an heir of righteousness by faith. What does it mean? It means he received the promise God gave him. What was that? That he would be saved. You see, we have a faithful Heavenly Father who is going to make sure that if we're in Jesus Christ, if we've trusted Jesus Christ, we will receive the promise that God's given us. You see, when you turn your heart over to Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven and you become righteous. We become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven and we become the righteousness of God in, in His Son, Jesus. And by that righteousness, we are promised an inheritance. Heaven itself is ours if we'll put our faith and trust in God. I'm calling today for dads, 
to devote themselves to their families, to their wives, to their children, to their communities. Not in the craziness that we see in the world, but devote themselves to their families both before God, that God would be honored and they could work to make sure that their children know this great Jesus that we know. Be a listening father. Understand what God wants for you. Be that kind of a father. Be a, a, a revering father, one who honors God, respects God, gets sin out of their life. Be a laboring father. Work to make sure your family knows Jesus Christ. Be a witnessing father. Share your faith and be a receiving father. Receive this great promise that God has given to those who loved him. Noah, when this flood was over, got off that ark and entered a new world, a world that existed and those who were there that did not love God were not there. Those who rejected God were not there. You know, that's the kind of world we'll face one day, and that's really what heaven is. Heaven is a place where those who love God will be there, and those who rejected God will not be there. And my prayer is that you'll trust Christ as your Savior and receive Jesus yourself, and you'll fall in love with this great God. Thank you. Let's pause just a minute. And let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, be with everyone that's listening. I pray if there's someone listening that's never received Jesus, they'd open their heart up and they'd step in to this salvation that you've provided in Jesus. With a simple prayer of trust, come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me and dying for me. Forgive me, Lord, and let me live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you for joining me today. And again, if you need a place to worship, come out and see us. We'd love to have you. God bless.